Lesbian Dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast presented by Locked On. It's Joe Marino, Kyle Krabs, and Chris Schubert from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Monday episode of the show. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Kyle, what's up? Happy Monday. Good to be with you. Happy Monday. I'm going to take this show to a weird place to start. And it's oh, something excellent. Chris and I talked about before you got in. Is uh, it Joe's the- Slack message before the show? It is not Joe's oh, okay. Slack message before the show, which is Egyptian hieroglyphics. And we will <laughs> never get decoded. But, uh, Joe, I, I'd like you to answer or, or finish the following sentence for me, please. Okay. The 2020... AFC East champions are the Buffalo blank bills. Okay. Now my next, my follow-up question, what is your mascot? A Buffalo. That's apparently incorrect because I took my daughter to the zoo yesterday mm-hmm. and we're feeding the animal. That is the bills mascot, right? It's, it's, this the same creature that is the mm-hmm. silhouette is on your helmet mm-hmm. for the Buffalo bills. Right. Yeah. And I had a bunch of people telling me that's actually a bison. That's not oh, a Buffalo. On. It's a is bison. It- it's a, no, it's an American bison, Joe. So I just wanted to know, you know, is that a real strict Buffalo thing or these people, never mind the fact that like, you're well act actually in a picture of somebody with their daughter at the zoo, which is kind of no, they didn't. With. No, yes. they didn't. Yes, it's actually it's a, it's a buffalo. It's not a buffalo. It's a bison. Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Twitter, like, man. Twitter is just everyone wanting to dunk on everyone. Man. I, it's so I just stupid. Oh, if you were aware that uh, all this time you've been rooting for the Buffalo Bills, assuming it was a buffalo, but it was actually a bison all this time. The American bison or simply bison, also commonly known as the American buffalo or simply oh, okay. buffalo, is an American species <laughs> of bison that once roamed North America in vast herds. What are we talking about? <laughs> I wasn't going to get into it with anybody, but. I was what are like, we talking this, about? Odd. This is this is peak end of June football Twitter, right? <laughs> Dude, so dumb. The conversations on Twitter are so bad right now. So bad. Okay. What's not going to be bad is the conversation we're going to have today. That's right. Cause we're not on Twitter for the conversation. No, we're on the draft dudes podcast safeties. We're going to cross the finish line with our building the perfect blank. blank. And today is a safety. It's Frankenstein safeties, 2018, 2019, 2020 and 2021 draft classes are at our disposal. We're covering 10 traits. We can only use the same well, you can only use the prospect one time throughout the 10. So, Kyle, you can't put Derwin James 10 times, only once. He is down once. All right. Yeah. Figure, figure, figure. All right. How many rookies? How many rookies do you have? Oh, uh, I don't want to answer for the purposes of. You are so lame. I swear to God. I don't have any. We do this. We I try and milk some level of information none. out of you. None. At the beginning of every Zero. one of these. And you've given me. Nothing. Zip. Not Zada a single zilch. one. Okay. We'll see if that holds true or not. What do you think? I'm going to change on the fly here. Uh, you never know. Okay. You never know. 
the people changing the name of the Bills mascot left. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Imagine going to somebody's Twitter. Hey, I took my daughter to the zoo. Here's a cute picture of us feeding a buffalo. Well, sir. Well, sir. That's a bison. Those are the worst people in the world, man. They tried to hit you with the, sir, this is a Wendy's. That's what they tried to hit you with. Yes. It's unbelievable. It's okay. About it. it's, it's, I wasn't mad about it. I was just like, man, like this is such an odd hill to try and die on. Dude. Right? <laughs> just enjoy the picture. I just can't a be favorite move on with your life. Monstrous or... creature eating a thing of lettuce. Football oh, intelligence man. is our first trait. Yeah. How do we do this again? Is there a one, two, three? This is, Chris counts this is my role here. Okay. I know Hi, I, been, I wasn't here Hi, the last Chris. two days, last two shows, but I'm back again. I'm here. Good morning, uh, for this, Chris. I give you the trait. I count you down. You name your players. You discuss. That's how we do this, and that's how we're going to finish it. So, football IQ is your first trait. Three, two, one. Derwin James. Antoine Winfield Jr. All right. So Derwin you James. Got Derwin James in there. That's <laughs> got nice. him in quick. Derwin James, safety, Florida State, current Los Angeles Charger. You could put him uh, anywhere, right in here. And I, for me, the reason I picked football IQ is because I thought it was the most flattering. That's why I did it. Like it, it, it encapsulates everything about him because he can fill every role. Um, he's physical. He can play the ball. He can play man zone blitz tackle. He does everything. And so I thought football intelligence and football IQ was a spot that was most complimentary of a very uh, skilled all around player. Listen, so Anton Winfield jr. I think the fact that he had as big of a role in Tampa's defense last year is a testament to how sharp he was from an IQ perspective on the field and instincts and anticipation and, and seeing things as they're developing. And he's um, obviously has, has great bloodlines and the league is in his family is Antoine Winfield. Uh, so that just kind of felt like a good spot for him because he was one of those guys where I felt like it, and I'm sure you'll make me eat my words by having him somewhere later in this process. But he was one for me that I felt like if I didn't get him here, I don't know if I would have found a slot for him. And I wanted to make sure he had a role because he did have such a notable role in Tampa Bay's defense last year. And I did like him so much as a prospect. Next up, tackling is your next trait. Three, two, one. Antoine Marquise Winfield. Blair. Marquise Blair is a good call. Um, yeah. I went first last time. I'll yeah, thank you. Thank you. So as Joe said, Marquise Blair is a good call here. It's it's you go back to when he was a Utah flying around the field and um, he's tone setter. He's long, big time hitter, a lot of power. He took good angles. He wrapped up consistently. He was good in space uh, and the role that he is transitioning into uh, in Seattle as they continue to evolve what their uh, secondary looks like uh, is, is going to continue to have a featured role for Marquise Blair. Uh, he's a tone setter type. And because of that, I thought this was a good spot to have him, although I gave him some consideration for toughness, uh, but ultimately settled on him in tackling. Antoine Winfield Jr. was my choice here. Um, football, you put him in football IQ. It's a good spot to put him as well. I thought I thought a lot about some of those long fills that he had watching him at Minnesota and just like it didn't matter if he was playing high post. If there was a run to the to the alley, he was gonna fill. He's gonna trigger and fill. 
and he's going to get you down on the ground. And um, that's definitely his dad showing up in his tape. He's got better size than his dad, but Antoine Winfield at Ohio State with the Bills and with the Vikings, just always playing above his weight class coming up and not, not just being a willing tackler, but being enthusiastic about it and wanting to be, like you kind of mentioned there, a tone setter. Uh, I think that's Antoine Winfield through and through. Tack, uh, excuse me, that was tackling versatility next up. That is your next trait. Three, two, one. Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka Fitzpatrick, safety Alabama. I cannot wait to see if Kyle has him. So don't tell it. Don't give me any looks. I'm, I'm covering you, you on my screen. Never easiest, heard of him. Easiest bet of all time. Is that, that Kyle will a- not have Minka Fitzpatrick. <laughs> Kyle did never heard of him. Mine. Okay. Yeah. So if you never heard of him, it'd be tough to include. So Minka Fitzpatrick, uh, Alabama, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I remember when he was coming out that there was a lot of debate. Is he a slot corner? Is he an outside corner? Is he a deep safety? Oh, don't play him in the slot. Man. Well, we know that we know that since he's been don't, don't in the blame, NFL, don't blame he's him in the had slot. Some, some thoughts about playing in multiple spots, but coming out of Alabama, which is where my mind is definitely spending its time here as I crafted my Frankenstein safety. Um, the fact that he like nobody could there were so many good cases to be made for where his best spot was. And they were talking about a guy that would play up on the line of scrimmage quite a bit, like as a true, like blitz rush edge type player, deep safety slot, man coverage, wide corner. It didn't matter. Playing in the box is kind of like a, a linebacker type player. I mean, he was lining up everywhere for Alabama and um, he doesn't want to do that in the NFL, but <laughs> versatility was something that was one of his big calling cards coming out. So I picked Derwin James uh, because you can literally play Derwin James anywhere on the football field and and he's going to probably be pretty good at it. You can play him as an edge defender. You can play him as a nickel linebacker. You can play him in the slot. You could play him outside. You can play him high post safety. You can literally play this dude anywhere on the field and he's going to make an impact. And he's uh, the phrase Joe, I've, I've been consuming J.T. O'Sullivan's uh, quarterback school, and he, he has a couple courses through Teachable, and one of them is in pass protection. And he had a phrase, he said it was from his time in New Orleans, that um, they use for somebody who they're going to direct their pass protection to, regardless of if he's lined up in the inside on the line of scrimmage, as an edge defender, as a linebacker, kind of on the hash. They call him, a, the, the phrase is a spinner. And because I don't know if this is why they called it that or not, but it'll make your head spin, trying to keep up with all the different places that he can line up. But you always want to be accounting him, him and like Jamal Adams, who obviously does not classify for this exercise. But right, those 17. two kinds of guys with their their ability to impact in rush and in the box and uh, they dictate every single dynamic of the game offensively. So that was why I put Derwin James down for versatility. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at bet online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to bet online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. 
Range is the next trade up. And so far through the first three trades, you guys have used uh, two of the same players. So, so not in the same spot. We don't have any crossover yet, but you are using the same names. Maybe we'll get some crossover here as the show progresses. Range is your next trade up. Three, two, one. Ashton Jesse Davis. Bates. I re- Damn. I'll tell you. Damn. I thought we might have the same one on this one. But I've uh, learned to stop saying it ahead of time because we never do when I say that. I know. I feel like you get so disappointed when I don't have your no, guy it's too. Okay. No, it's right. So you had Ashton Davis. Yeah. Former track people. guy. Yes. Played, played Cal. Uh, it's a shame we didn't get to see him like actually run in his pre-draft process. What was it? A hamstring for him, I think. Something. Um, you knew he was fast though, right? Like yes. he was gonna be a four three guy. <laughs> so uh, you could apply that to him very fairly. He plays for the Jets. I don't know if you could, you know, we should we establish that a New York Jet here on the list. Um the GD Jets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like every year I feel like we are looking for that guy that you think could be a true one high center fielder, play over top, has the range to go sideline to sideline. And that's Ashton Davis. Like he's that guy that enables you to be aggressive with your with your coverage, play up in the line of scrimmage because you know he's a rangy guy behind it. And so I mean, obviously you mentioned his track background and, and and he's really fast and he covers ground and takes good angles. And he's got that type of ability to be on one hash and track the football and take a good angle and make a play on a, on a deep route. That's outside the numbers and the opposite side of the field. I mean, so he's that type of guy. And I think his presence, I mean, in addition to some of the dynamics that existed with Jamal Adams, the contract and all that type of stuff, they certainly had to feel a lot better about letting Jamal Adams go, knowing that they had, Ashton Davis, who I think is a really nice complimentary skill set to what they have in Marcus May. Oh, and May took over that yeah. role from Jamal Adams and did really well. Uh, let me ask you this real quick before I get into Jesse Bates very quickly and we can move on because I know we want to stay on schedule here. But do you think we over-romanticize the single high free safety role at the NFL level? I mean, you think about some of the guys who have gotten drafted high and it's everybody's looking for the next Earl Thomas, right? And I don't know. I just, I just kind of, you think about it and those guys who can do that with such high confidence are rare and, mm-hmm. and so rare that I think a lot of teams have kind of become comfortable, not constantly searching for the next Earl Thomas, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I, and whether you want to be a, a man team that, plays a lot of press like you know Baltimore type style or if you're just a a right zone team and you want to have a kind of a low safety that you can play down and help you with your run fits I still think you want this type of player right like the, there's a role on every single defense for this type of guy that you just have to accept that you're not always going to find them and there's maybe one to three in every draft that you feel like has starter ability at that and sometimes less sometimes you it's closer to one or zero but even when they have starter ability, they're not sniffing what made Earl Earl. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. So Jesse Bates, uh, he came out as a redshirt sophomore out of Wake Forest. He's with the Cincinnati Bengals uh, day two draft selection. And I think part of what impressed me with his range was uh, how naturally instinctive he was playing the deep middle role, but also how long he, how he really enabled himself to extend and, and play with reach at the catch point. So even though he wasn't like an Ashton Davis sprinter type, 
because he had so much length to his frame, it really helps him to kind of occupy that half a step that maybe he doesn't have the ability to cover and track with just being an athlete and running in transition. So uh, Jesse Bates, he really excelled in a high role uh, at Wake Forest. And because of that, that was my selection here for range. Ball skills, the next straight up. Three, two, one. Jesse Bates. Minka Fitzpatrick. I would have lost a lot of money, like a lot of money. Guy played corner, played slot. He played free safety. He's very, very good at addressing the ball in the air. And uh, obviously, when you go to Pittsburgh and you play single high free and you hunt the football in the way that he did, that doesn't come out of nowhere. Uh, That is a testament to Minka. And some of his experience at corner probably helped him be comfortable identifying the football and tracking the football and addressing the football at the catch point. So yeah, it too good to leave off because I'm only getting one tenth of it and I'm going to leave the bad attitude at home. So I went with Jesse Bates and it's funny, Kyle, I originally had him under range and then I switched him and put him at ball skills because I thought what made his range so good was his ability to track the football. Like, we say this about players a lot that they were, you know, a baseball player, a center fielder. Right. And like, this is one of those guys that it really translated, but the angles that he took and how he was able to track over the shoulder. And so I don't think he had, like we kind of mentioned, like I think Ashton Davis had more speed. So I wanted him at range. And then I thought what made Jesse Bates so rangy was the ball skills. So I put him there. Okay, cool. Wake Forest, Cincinnati Bengals, Jesse Bates. Run defending next trade up. Three, two, one. Jeremy Chin. Oh. I, ha- I originally had McKinney here and took him off. Did you? Chin, yeah. Okay. So I know Chin kind of classifies as a pseudo linebacker, but that just means he's really good at defending the run. Let's be completely honest. So he was at the, at the college level, a sea ball, chase ball, hunt ball, type defender and when he's as long as he is and he's as explosive as he is and he's as leggy and fast as he is and he's quick and trent like coming down and, and running down with 10 yards of, of steam behind his pads railroads dudes and chin had a very successful rookie season with carolina they put him in position to make plays and just be reactive and i think it was kind of the reactive quickness that he has in addition to how physically speaking he measures up at versus effectively every other safety that we've seen come through the process other than Kyle Duggar. And I guess if you want to put Jonathan Abram in that conversation, but Abram wasn't long and explosive, like, like what chin and Duggar were. So kind of a, a freak height, weight, speed guy that, also had really good transitional quickness and, and was not afraid to hit Jeremy chin safety slash linebacker, Carolina Panthers, my pick for run defending Xavier McKinney, uh, Alabama current New York giant, a guy that I thought about under versatility because I thought he could play a lot of different roles, but they would, it's he, just, he's, he's such a he, linebacker. Yeah. He, he played a like lot of straight up linebacker. He did. And it's because he processes quickly. He, he, processes correctly triggers and goes and he's a good tackler he's a guy that's going to fit the run and so 
man, like such a valuable skill set in today's NFL to have this type of safety. Uh, that's why I had a first round grade on him. And when he got healthy, I thought he played to that level and he, the Giants fans should be really excited about him. I, I, what made me cautious about putting him in run defending is because I didn't want to have, I didn't want to like for this to be his label because he does so much more. He's not like a box safety, right? Like he, he can do a lot, mm-hmm. but as far as just that ability to trigger diagnose, clear contact, finish, just fit the run the way it's supposed to be done. That was good. Rhyming Xavier so, McKinney. <laughs> so don't, don't stress about your linebacker room, New York, right? You're going to play a bunch of subs. Xavier's going to be on the second level of time. Especially with all those safeties they have, man. Like, especially with the brick wall of defensive yeah. tackles you've built up to make sure yeah, you I can like keep it. him clean if he's undersized. I like it. I like it. Functional athleticism, your next trait. There are smiles on both of your faces. I, got the be right, I feel like I got the right answer, and I can't no. wait to see who Kyle is. I changed this. I had somebody, and I changed it and took that guy off, and he didn't make the cut, and I put somebody else in his So place. the guy that you had under functional athleticism originally didn't make your list at all? Correct. Okay, we need to get to that at the very end, please. Okay. Three, two, one. Jeremy Arnell Chin. Savage. Okay, so Jeremy Chin, Southern Illinois, Carolina Panthers. Kyle mentioned this. A 6'3", 221. Runs four four five, 41 inch vertical jump, freak. Eleven six broad, twenty reps to two twenty five. We didn't get agilities. Who cares? When you watch him at Southern Illinois, or Southern Illinois, excuse me, you don't want to toss the S in there and get yelled at for yeah, the only thing I'll get yelled at like in the podcast. Change, change in Buffalo and Bison, man. You don't want to do it, <laughs> right? Um, I thought watching him at Southern Illinois, he made a lot of plays, like tons of plays, whether it was on the ball, triggering tackling, whatever it was, but I thought it was more because he was just the best athlete on the field, more so than I thought he was a super polished processor and, and always being where he was supposed to be. He, he was an urgent football player that relied on that athleticism and size. And so I don't, I don't like functional athleticism. I thought he was kind of the poster boy for this. So Savage is a great choice too. I just, this is where I wanted to fit in. Jim. So I guess I went with functional athleticism versus raw testing athleticism. There's, there's guys who tested with more robust, complete athletic testing resumes than Darnell Savage, who is no slouch in any way, shape or form. Uh, But you, you think about whether he's in man to man coverage or he's playing high post safety and Savage has long speed transitional quickness, Mobility to flip his hips open and carry. Uh, he's got explosiveness. He can really unload as a tackler. So he, he checked all the boxes for me. Uh, and you saw that at Maryland, too, with how he found his impact on the field. So was not my original choice, but kind of like with Antoine Winfield at Football IQ, I wanted to make sure I got Darnell Savage on my list. Yeah. And because we don't have man, man to man cover skills as right. one of our 10 traits that, that we're assessing. Uh, we look at versatility and it gets accounted for in there it gets accounted for in football IQ. If you're capable of doing it and you do it well, uh, it gets accounted for ball skills as far as can you get your head back? If your your backs to the quarterback because you're playing man coverage. So it's functional athleticism. It's also included in there just because you've got to be a good athlete to play man to man coverage. So it's accounted for in a lot of different things, but, it's not its own standalone trait because we try and paint with a broad enough brush so that we're 
able to get as much information into our 10 buckets as we possibly can. So I didn't know if I would have found another spot for Darnell, if I didn't get him on with athleticism. So therefore I, I don't want to say I forced it, but I, I made a sacrifice with my overall list. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar ever. So many amazing flavors. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but they're good for you. Built Bars are great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you have to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're perfect for anyone on the keto diet. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. RockAuto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need over at rockauto.com. Let's find out who's competitively tough. Competitive toughness is your next trait up. Three, two, one. Darnell Chauncey Garner-Johnson. <laughs> so, have you been behind me on like every single dude, it's, one of it's the been last ridiculous. Five? I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to have to find a different way to talk about that player. Um, but, go ahead and tell, tell me why Darnell Savage is competitively tough. Well, he is. Uh, Darnell Savage, safety, Maryland, Green Bay Packers. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember watching his tape. And, you know, a lot of times you watch tape and you feel inspired to maybe share a clip on Twitter. I had to resist so many times saying that Darnell Savage is savage. You know, just because people... Thank God be- you didn't. Right. <laughs> but you just be- did. Right, because he... <laughs> Right. right. He's that type of guy, man. Like you mentioned the man to man coverage is there. And, and obviously he, I mean, he can do everything at safety, mm-hmm. but he's a guy that I thought always was a tone setter. He, he had range and he close and he's urgent in pursuit. He clears contact. Like he's a guy that you just want in your defense because he's that type of guy that is going to set the tone on the back end. So I chose Chauncey Garner Johnson chirp king of the yeah. safeties since 2018 yeah. right dude loves to talk loves to talk loves to back it up is he the biggest no is he the strongest no is he the toughest pain in the ass to face out of anybody who's been drafted since 2018 probably now i understand he was a bad tackler before his final season (laughs) and that was a big question mark and a big issue and okay is he a chihuahua that's going to bite at your ankles or is he actually somebody who's going to run through you well you've seen in new orleans him just completely blossom and embrace the style of play that he had his final season at florida in which he became really good uh all-around player somebody who plays in 
uh, the slot sub package, third safety. And he's got that demeanor for it. He's got that nastiness about his mentality and his play that just really attracted me to him as a prospect and, and made me select him here. So uh, flexibility is next up, Joe. I'm just going to put Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the box for you. <laughs> just and lock then, him in, and then let Kyle him. go here. Is that, <laughs> that's all right with you? Uh, flexibility is your next trait. Three, two, one. Justin, Justin Reed. Reed. We did it. <laughs> we did it. All right. I didn't think we were going to get one. Neither did I. Neither. Did right. I. Go ahead, man. Go ahead. So I, I guess what stood out to me with Justin was the body control. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, um, I'm sitting here looking at the list to say, and I'm going to be honest, there were not a lot of resources that divided safeties versus corners. They just put them in a bucket of defensive backs. Like I used um, what it was like NFL draft history or something like yeah. that and did, did it find defensive backs. So we're probably missing like, a good number of safeties because you're looking at the blob of 60 guys that got drafted each year. Right. right? And as I'm scrolling through and and kind of cross checking and cross referencing on what I thought and what my notes were on the players beforehand, uh, before their respective drafts, Justin Reed was one that really stood out with his ability to, I always use the phrase disassociate your upper and lower halves. And, and, And that means you, your eyes, and your shoulders and your torso can remain in that textbook picture-esque form where they're supposed to be, but everything from the waist down can do something completely different and point in a completely different range, or you can really stick that foot outside of your base from underneath your hips and stick that foot in the ground to make sure that you can bring yourself to a stop very suddenly without a bunch of extra steps and then generate power and explode and drive the other way. And those were the kinds of things that I thought you saw from Justin Reed at Stanford that made him a really attractive option for this category. Yes. I didn't know if Joe wanted to add anything. I'm good. No, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm good. Said, no, I'm good. Just wanted to give you the opportunity. I, I'm thinking about my next answer here because I know it's, it's going to be a weird one. And I was just getting my head right for this explanation. Great. This is the last trait, special teams ability. Three, two, one. Marcus Allen. Javon Holland. Oh, man. That's, you know, I didn't even think about ability to return. That's why he made the cut. Yeah, it's a good answer. Mar- okay, let me get mine. Marcus Allen, safety, Penn State. Uh, was he on the Steelers? Is that who drafted him? I believe he was a yeah. five. Steelers. Yeah, fifth Pittsburgh. round pick by the Steelers. Yeah. And here's the thing about Marcus Allen. It's not like he had this big time special teams pedigree at Penn state, but my God, does he hit like a brick house, like a, a sh- secure tackler that wanted to hit. And he's actually transitioned to, to linebacker. And um, that, that happened last year. That's the position he now plays for Pittsburgh because I mean, you watch him at Penn state and while his timed athleticism is not terrible. His functional athleticism in terms of spot speed and, and transitional quickness and his ability to change directions and, and you know flip his hips, th- those were not strengths of him on tape. But my God, he was willing to blow up anybody. And that's the type of demeanor that translates to special teams. And a lot of times when we evaluate safeties, and this is another talking point that I wanted to bring up, when we evaluate safeties, 
we know that, you know, your third and fourth safety, they have to play teams, right? It's a critical part. But a lot of times when we evaluate safeties, we don't have special teams reps that we can point to on tape at college. And right. so it's all project. That's all projection based in a lot of those instances. So that's exactly what I, why I wanted to bring him up because we value this because it's so critical for the majority of safeties that get drafted. And so you have to evaluate how, what type of player they are, like, you know, all the, all the ingredients that you would think would translate to special teams that are not in special teams reps. And I thought Marcus Allen is exactly what you're talking about in terms of a guy that should translate well to special teams in the context of what we have to do on a normal basis. Yep. So I extrapolated some of those traits for Javon Holland, who, you know, his freshman season got a little bit of run on teams, but also showcased some really impressive, impressive punt return skills for uh, the Oregon Ducks. So therefore Javon Holland, my choice for special teams. Not to get too much into the weeds here, but who, <laughs> who's the punt returner for the Miami Dolphins? Cause you got it's, options. It's Jakeem Grant. Oh, imagine over Holland and Waddle. Right. So, okay. and Jakeem Grant's do like five and a half million dollars this year. Okay. Couldn't catch Cole. He's like 10 muffs and like 90 career attempts or something like that. Like, Correct. Yeah. Ima- you, no. Okay. All right. And they got 13 wide receivers on the roster, roster right now. Okay. One overlap, seven similar names, three uh, differences across the board. Joe, do you want to know who I left off that I originally had down for functional athleticism? Before we yes. shut Was it Kyle down. Duggar? It's not Kyle Duggar. No. Yeah, I do. Okay. So that was my first be, round guess. pick. Oh, Terrell Edmonds? Terrell Edmonds. Was yeah. Good. Okay. My, Fair enough. Be my pick there. So uh, he's another guy that ran mid four fours, had like 41 and a half in the vert. Obviously got drafted early by Pittsburgh. So uh, it seems like ever since they had their whiff with who was it, Jarvis Jones? They've just oh. gone like t- total stud athletes, right? Yep. We won't do that again. <laughs> like, yeah, we're, we're not making that mistake. No, thanks. Thanks for no thanks. Thank you for tuning in to this Monday episode of the Draft Dudes podcast. We've got a live stream tonight at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time, the YouTube channel, the Draft Network. And then we got a great cast of shows lined up for this week. We're going to start getting into some 2021 draft prospects or 2022 draft prospects for the 2021 college football season. Excuse me. Uh, Looking forward to discussing with everybody some of the things that we've been doing with our scouting staff uh, behind the scenes as we get ready for the start of the upcoming season. So uh, make sure you hit subscribe, follow along. Kyle Krabs, Joe Marino, Chris Schubert. Thanks as always for listening to the Draft News Podcast. Have a great Monday.